Our scripture for this morning is from the 11th chapter of the book of Isaiah. Let us listen for the word of God. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The word of the Lord. That passage is often used around Christmas to remind us of that one coming, the baby Jesus, from the lineage of Jesse. Today, I remember that lineage and focus on that image of what the realm that child will usher in looks like as part of a series of sermons simply entitled, Why? The last time was, Why? smash. This week, why build? I'll tell you about it in a moment, but first we should pray. Please pray with me. Holy Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be receptive to thee. O God, our strength and our redeemer, we pray. Amen. From earlier in the book of Isaiah, we heard last time out on the sermon called Why Smash about Isaiah's sense of humor. Through his sense of humor, he was able to criticize, to break down, to see through all of the things of life that we put so much authority in, so much trust in, so much of our confidence and our hope in that invariably fail us. He laughed about, in his time, woodworkers who would take wood from the forest and with half of it they would burn it to make wood, or to make uh, food rather, or to heat their homes. And with the other half of the wood they would fashion beautiful works of art, statues and figurines. And then for whatever reason, in their humanness, they would begin to worship. We would begin to worship those things made of our own hands. 
And Isaiah laughs and says, how soon we forget that just five minutes ago it was just a pile of wood. Just five minutes ago we made that. And yet we then forgot that the power to make comes from not the thing itself, but from the God who made us. The power of worship comes not from the things that we put so much stake in to save us, but from the one who made us in love for goodness. And so he smashes the idols. Leaving us wonder, why do we do anything at all? Why do we build? Why do we make? Why do we spend so much energy and time trying to make a world that we can live in, a world suitable for all of God's creatures, a world that we often betray in our humanness, but a world nevertheless? And so the question is a good question. If we must smash in order to see, why build? Well, it's also right there in Scripture. St. Paul, who we know so well from the New Testament, somehow scores it for us in a couple of questions. When he, on his road to Damascus, if you know the story, was slain by the presence of Christ, was knocked down from his horse, and left with a vision of the very one he was doubting, who now comes forward to him in presence and in love and care to transform him and give him a mission in the world. And his first two questions, who are you, Lord? And the second question, and what do you want me to do? His question was not, what can you do for me? His question was, who are you? And what do you want me to do? In the book of James, it's put quite directly. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. In the Gospel of Matthew, we hear it from the words of Jesus. These words I speak to you, Jesus says, these words I speak to you are not I incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build your life on. If you work these words into your life, he says, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flowed, a tornado hit, but nothing moved the house. It was fixed to the rock. Jesus says work. Jesus says build, but build rightly. Faith is active. Faith includes action. Faith is a verb. We faith by living and moving and being through the inspiration of the life of faith in the world. Now let me get this right here. We are set right by God's character, not by what we do. The living, doing, being, building part of faith is a response to God. It's not the thing itself but it is nevertheless essential to the life of faith. 
it is that second question that Paul asked. Who are you, Lord? Let me let you be God. And then tell me how to respond. We respond. And then we do. And then we build. Faith is holding both of those together. That God is God and we are not. And yet we have work to do. So why do we build? Why do we live and move and have our being and create? Why do we live with projects in life? We build to remember. We build to remind ourselves to rejoin as if members of the body separated. We remember who we are and who God is. At the end of that sermon about seeing through the things we make, about smashing the idols, I said that the confident chuckle with which Isaiah refuses to give power to the idols of his day is inspired by the simple, even more powerful vision of what actually creates and what gives hope, what rebuilds, and what is real, both in the beginning and in the end of all things. We remember that, and our present life is not so fearful, and we become more open to what is true. What feels so powerful in this moment can be relativized and put in its place. And the God who calls us to live full and faithfully together will be our source of peace. We build to remember, to remember the fire, to remember the fire that is at the center of all things, to remember that we are created. We don't create the world. We are created so that we can respond to the creating one who loves us. For all of our experience, all the history of witness in the church, in the scriptures, everything that we can intuit from this long story of encounters with God is that the one who creates us, creates us out of love, overflows with desire for good for us. And that that love that creates knows us. Every hair on your head, every breath you take, every yearning within you, every desire that we share together, together every plan we make, known in its intimacy by the one who made us, yearning for us to be completed in God's love, to see through what we do each day to the source of it all, we build to remember the fire. And we build, we act, we do to remember the vision. To remember that we're bound to a story that is larger than us, to a vision and a purpose. Isaiah, you see, says that the problem with idolatry, with putting too much stake 
in our own imagination and in what we can accomplish is not that it's bad in itself, but that it's just forgetful. The antidote is remembering that God is God, that we are not, and that as far as we can tell, God intends something. And Isaiah begins to describe that intention down the way. A couple of chapters later, in the passage you read or you heard read this morning, he begins to describe it in his imagination of what the promised one will give us, what the world God imagines will be as we realize it in the one yet to come who we know in Christ. A world ruled by wisdom and understanding, counsel, and true power. The spirit of knowledge and of, and of that vision. The poor seen through the eyes of mercy and judged righteously. Conflicts resolved through healthy speech and true words. Weapons of war traded in for the tools of the spirit. The wolf will romp with the lamb. The leopard sleep with the kid. Calf and lion will eat from the same trough. And a little child shall lead them. Neither animal nor human will hurt or kill on God's holy mountain. The whole earth will be brimming with knowing God alive, a living knowledge of God ocean deep, ocean wide. We build to remember that. And we build to reflect what we remember. That's part of how we remember. And that's what remembering calls us to do, to reflect what we remember in the world, Think about your own life. Think about the decisions that you make. Think about your calendar, your checkbook, your plans, your activities, your commitments, the things that you love and give time to. Think about your life. And take a step back from it, if you will, and wonder for yourself, what does my life reflect? What values, what hopes, what visions, what fire? What is reflected in my life? If someone looked at my life from the outside, what would they see? What we accomplish is less the point of the dear lives that we are given than the way that we live our life. Wherever we are or whatever we are doing, what our life reflects. Sometimes that means thinking through the eyes of faith about what we do, if we have the freedom and the agency to do that. Sometimes, well, all the time, it means also thinking about how we do what we do, whatever it is that we are doing, how we build what we build. Sit with that idea for a little bit. Pray on that idea for a little bit. I, 
I recommend it to you because the fact of that makes a difference, I think. It can actually be quite freeing if you let it work its way through your life. Life is not about perfection. It's about re reflection. Life is not about success. It's about faithfulness. Life is not a race to win, but a gift to honor and to enjoy for God's sake. So you see, it kind of gets circular. We build to reflect the fire that we remember as we build. So don't let what you build or how you live your life strangle the fire or complicate your ability to follow the one you love and reflect who made you. Now, I'm, I am speaking to you and to me about our day-to-day -day lives. I'm also speaking to us as we create church together. We also, together, protect the fire of Christ's love by blowing on its embers. We don't protect it by covering it up or hoarding it or hiding it. We don't protect it by consuming it like it's just here for us. We protect it. We blow on its embers. We, we keep it alive by sharing it by finding energy and purpose from the fact of it and by letting it glow on our faces. We reflect it. And we reflect the fire we remember by reflecting the vision that we remember. Hear it again. A, wor a world ruled by wisdom and understanding, counsel, and true power, a spirit of knowledge of the vision, the poor seen through eyes of mercy and judged righteously, conflicts resolved through healthy speech and true words, weapons of war traded in for tools of the spirit, the wolf, the wolf will romp with the lamb, the leopard sleep with the kid. Calf and lion will eat from the same trough, and a little child shall lead them. Neither animal nor human will hurt or kill on God's holy mountain. The whole earth will be brimming with knowing God alive, a living knowledge of God ocean deep and ocean wide. It's as though we want someone to be able to look at us as the church and, and see the marks of God all over us, water stains on the wood where baptisms happened or wine stains from communion, wax stains on the upholstery because we worshiped together, budgets thin because we're doing the work, heads over our skis, batting above our weight, stretching to welcome and learn and change in ways that only the Spirit can teach. 
taking time to be in conversation when the world tells us that we should yell at each other. Never quite enough volunteers because we want to do so much more. Wrestling over our mission, over our purpose, because it matters enough to wrestle over. Listening, singing, rejoicing, grieving, speaking, sometimes letting go, sometimes holding on. Wanting in every moment to be reminded to reflect the light of Jesus. We're not here to get. We're here to give. We're not here to feel better. We're, we're here to hear better. We're not here to judge. We're here to love, even in hard ways when we have to. We're here not to pretend we're something. We're here to become something in Christ. Something none of us are quite yet, but something that we see reflected in the way of being that Christ calls us to. Each one of us, us all together, how about your life at home, in work, in the many choices you make every day in your very heart? How about us together? To what is our lives transparent? To the fire? To the vision? Live to remember the fire and the vision. Live to reflect the fire and the vision. Find others who are doing the same and we'll find that we are building on that rock. Amen.